I do believe that your guy that made 200,000 in commissions is going to be a better sales manager than your guy that made a hundred because he's going to be able to duplicate himself. And people are going to follow that guy that have a higher capacity than the guy that just made 90 or 80 or a hundred. Right. So What's going on, everyone? Justin Ledford here. I'm the host of Real Construction Owners Podcast, where we interview real owners of multi-million dollar construction companies so you can go from being stressed out as an operator to becoming an owner who achieves healthy profit margins and a thriving business without having to figure it out all by yourself. Today, we have a very special guest, Will Miller, the owner of Priority Roofing. His company is crushing it in multiple markets. They're doing just shy of $60 million in business every single year. And if you listen all the way to the end, you're going to learn a strategy that he's implemented that's enabled him to open up multiple self-sufficient locations all across the nation. Let's go. Will, what's up, bro? How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Thanks for the opportunity, Justin. Yeah, man. I see you're out on a boat right now in my neck of the woods. What are you doing today? Just chilling? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, it's actually a work day. Um, every once in a while, I'd say probably a couple times a year, um, we'll uh, get together a little bit of meeting of the minds of uh, myself, um, have an equity partner, and then um, a manager or a couple managers, and we'll kind of talk through some some details, some plans for the next year, the next few months, et cetera, and uh, um, strategically kind of plan the uh, for, for right now, we're looking at a few different things for 2023. We're looking at potentially launching a new location and kind of thinking through some things. That's awesome. Yeah, Priority Roofs is a, a big brand. I've seen y'all in Austin. I've seen you in Dallas. And it seems like y'all have different branches. Where are all y'all at? Um, our two largest locations are Dallas and Austin. Um, beyond that, we have a brick and mortar in Houston, in Tyler, Texas, in San Antonio, and then in Denver, Colorado. Um, for us, each location is uh, its own brick and mortar office and it's its own entity. Uh, so we don't do satellite offices. Um, they're separate, permanent uh, locations that our goal is to uh, really capitalize on the um, most amount of market share that we can. That's amazing. Just like myself, I actually, I don't just have satellite. I, I buy the location as an asset for the company. Are y'all doing the same or y'all renting? No, good question. Good question. So um, we've looked at that. Um, at this time, the majority of the money that Priority Roofing uh, makes does go back into the company. Um, I would say just over about 80% of the profit goes back into the company for growth purposes. Um, we are first and foremost a roofing company, not a real estate company. So at this time, um, everything, every location we have, we do rent, we don't uh, own. In the future, we'll probably consider it. Um, I would say the majority of the profit goes more so into things um, like growing into new locations or bringing on new managers or trying new marketing strategies, et cetera. Um, I would say that's what a lot of those growth initiatives are. And I guess in, I believe real estate is a very, very good long-term investment um, for the fastest, for, to have as much growth as possible. I believe for us, at least that looks like investing in people. Um, so a lot of the um, 
uh, a lot of our uh, profitability has gone back into people um, uh, that are in different locations or that are managers in some of our larger locations to push more into commercial or push into the designer roofing space or push into a new location, et cetera. I would say that's where the, that we're, we're most heavily invested is into people specifically. I love it. People processes and products. And, you know, that's one of the keys. It sounds like you're taking that hard earned money and you're investing it back into the people because if you do that, you can duplicate yourself and you don't always have to be the guy out there doing the work. So Absolutely. Talk, to, talk to our audience, real construction owners, people who are looking to become more successful, who want to thrive more, who want to delegate more and do less of the operations work. From, from knowing you, it seems like you're not an, an operator. You're actually an owner of this company. How'd you get there and what tip would you give? other owners who are looking to get that operations hat off and become more of an owner? Yeah, no, great question. Um, I think that a big piece of that, I would say the biggest piece is um, you have to find a way to find, but then also maintain and keep uh, your high capacity people. And a lot of times um, I believe that looks like investing into them to where it makes more sense for them to be a part of your organization than it would make sense for them to start their own company. Um, we have, I want to say, don't know the exact amount off the top of my head, but it's in the double digits easily of managers we have in place that have a base salary of over six figures. Um, it's not commission-based. It is security. It's, hey, this is your base. And if we do, you know, if we do X and X, then it could go beyond that, right? Um, but I would say um, uh, that's, that is um, one thing I see a lot of in the roofing industry is everything's commission-based. Even a management position is oftentimes commission-based. Um, and this is just my personal opinion, right? But um, if I'm a manager for a roofing company, right? And let's say I'm making a small override off of the team that I'm managing. At some point, there's going to be a point in time where I say, hey, if I started my own roofing company and I built this team myself, then I would make the whole pie, right? I would make the, the whole percentage, right? Um, and I think that um, for it to really make sense for someone long-term to really grow an organization, I think that it looks like two things. I think one, I think that the, the, the front-end financial investment a lot of times has to be more significant than sometimes a lot of owners want to give. Um, but I think it helps accomplish the long-term goal and the long-term vision. Um, and that can look like very heavy salaries and very, very heavy compensation plans. But if they're high capacity people, they're always have to consistently be able to bring in more than they're being paid. Right. And um, we have people that we do compensate heavily, but then at the same time um, on the flip side of that, um, they do bring more value than what goes out to them. And they understand that's how the, relationship works. I think the second thing, I think there um, has to be a willingness for the highest capacity people um, to be able to actually step into um, the dream that the entrepreneur had when they initially started the company. And that looks like having something that they actually own. And I think if there's no opportunity for equity long-term and it doesn't have to be right away, it doesn't have to be year two, it doesn't even have to be year five, but there has to be some type of track or some type of plan where the same dream they could have of owning their own company as an entrepreneur and really, really being able to not just build another person's dream, but build their own has to be able to become a reality um, 
if they are working for another company instead of starting their own. So we have um, a few people, a few different individuals um, that have equity in priority roofing. And we have a few others that are on track to get equity if they hit certain milestones. And I would say um, we have never lost someone that was that we, how do you say, I'm trying to think how to word this. There's never been someone that we lost because they wanted to start their own company where my thought process was, man, I really, really wish there was a way we could have kept that guy. Um, I believe it's always possible, but I do believe that it looks like um, putting yourself in that person's shoes and really saying, hey, if I'm them and I didn't start Priority Roofing and I was working for another organization, what would I want to make this dream my own? I would say that's probably the biggest thing is we have a very, very, very high retention rate of our highest capacity people. Um, it's the roofing industry, right? So you have sales reps that come and go, but our reps that make um, over 200, you know, you have a few different tiers, but I would say your top reps are ones that consistently make over $200,000 in commissions every year. Um, we've never lost one of those. And I don't believe we ever will because we're going to continue to make sure that they have opportunity to grow, to thrive to step into new leadership roles, to have opportunities to where it makes more sense for them to be a part of priority roofing than it would make for them to take the risk of starting their own. And that's, you're dropping bombs left and right here. We'll talk about some of the KPIs, you know, because so many of these owners, they don't want to give the 75, the $100,000 salary. What are your KPIs for those guys, the high performers that they must hit in order for them to get those six figure salaries? No, absolutely. So when someone goes from straight commission sales to management, um, their base salary is typically going to be a little bit less than what they made in commissions. So for example, if someone made um, $200,000 in commission selling roofs in one calendar year, and then they step into a management slash leadership position, they're probably going to be in the 160 to 170 range as a base. But then they're going to have a bonus structure where they could make 250 or 270 if they really, really kill it. Right. Um, and I would say, um, you know, it, it, it sounds like a lot. It's kind of been our model. And, you know, hey, if we're paying someone that much and their production and the performance just isn't there, obviously you can't keep someone at that high of a salary. Um, but I do believe that your guy that made 200000 in commissions is going to be a better sales manager than your guy that made a hundred because he's going to be able to duplicate himself. And people are going to follow that guy have a higher capacity than the guy that just made 90 or 80 or 100 right so you know but to get that guy to step into something like hey we want you to manage a sales team it doesn't make sense for him to take a $85,000 salary when he made 200 the year before and his upside has to be much much significantly higher than what he made selling roofs right so I would say typically it looks like a little bit less than they made on commission with the potential to make significantly more um, on uh, bonuses and on performance-based pay. I love it. I love it. Now to end on this note, you mentioned something powerful uh, that, that you're the second person on this show that's mentioned the giving away equity, a long-term plan, uh, giving them a track. What type of, what does that look like for somebody? How do they get equity within the company? What do they have to produce in order to get that title or that position? It typically looks like them starting, uh, being a part of a location launch. Um, so we started in Dallas. That's where I live, the DFW area. Um, our second location was Denver, Colorado. Third location was Austin. Um, fourth location was Houston. Fifth was Tyler. 
and then the sixth was San Antonio. And then we're planning on launching a few more next year. But it typically looks like sending one of our high performers from Dallas, or it could be from Austin as well, but those are kind of our, our two largest locations. Um, but sending one of our high performers to be the general manager of a location. That typically looks like a six-figure plus salary plus a bonus structure slash compensation package where they could make a lot if the location performs well. Um, and I would say it looks different in every um, how do you say it? every situation is going to look a little bit different, um, but it would typically in the past, it had two different instances where the tracked equity of has looked like doing over 10 million in one calendar year in that specific location. And then there's a percentage of equity they earn that's given that they don't have to pay for, they don't have to buy in, but they earned it because they got the location to uh, 10 million or more in revenue. Um, the first secondary location that hit that mark was Austin. Um, Austin last year, obviously, you know about the big storm, but the individual in Austin was a tremendously, tremendously uh, hard worker. He um, put in more time as a manager than um, probably any other manager we've ever had before. Uh, and obviously, it's not just about time, but he's a very, very, very good at what he does. Um, we started the, he moved to Austin at the end of April in 2020. And in 2021, uh, he had recruited and trained a total of about a 50 person sales team. And we actually did just over 24 million in Austin in total revenue in 2021, which majorly sur uh, surpassed the 10 million uh, in revenue mark. But that was the first location we had go over that. And then this year, there's two that are on track that they may do it. Our Tyler location is on track where it'll be right around nine or 10. And then Houston is going to be somewhere between seven and 10. It just kind of depends how the year ends. Nice. I love it. Let's switch gears a little bit. Talk about uh, things you're selling. Obviously you're killing it in the insurance restoration game. Are you, are you selling solar on these deals? We don't do solar. Um, at some point we may, uh, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that um, we can do better and we can accomplish more if we focus on one or two things and get really, really good at that than trying to focus on a lot of things. I think when you focus on a lot of things, your attention gets spread and you become average in a lot of things. And it's hard to really, really grow and take advantage of a large uh, portion of the market share when you're average. And I think if you focus on one or two things, um, you can uh, really, really, you can you have an opportunity to be the best at it. I would say that's been a little bit more of our focus. I wouldn't say never. I would say the two main focuses are residential and commercial. We started really pushing into commercial about three years ago, and that's really starting to take off. But those are the two things that we've really, really focused, targeted, and capitalized on. Yeah, that's fire. That's dropped another bomb right there. Focus on the being the best instead of having multiple focuses and just being average. I love that. Regarding uh, your history, how did you get into roofing? What's your backstory before you became this owner? Yeah, no, um, absolutely. Um, I started knocking doors for a roofing company in 2010 when I was going to Bible school. I uh, went to a school called Christ for the Nations in South Dallas. Uh, started knocking doors for a roofing company. Wasn't selling the job. Started just knocking doors to set up the appointment uh, for the individual that was selling the roof. And then after doing that for a little bit, then went transitioned into sales, sold roofs for about six years, then 
um, in 2016, uh, started Priority Roofing and never honestly ever had the intention of it growing as quickly or as fast or as large as it grew. Um, but uh, it, um, it honestly blew my expectations. And after 2017, we had a good year in 2017. That was our first full calendar year. We did just over 7 million in revenue. We did 550 roofs and that was mind blowing. Never expected us to do anything like that. Uh, and then we really, really um, kind of just kind of catapulted us on this pattern of growth and how do we grow as fast as we can and what does it take? And um, we've spent, uh, I'll say this, if you look at like numbers, uh, you know, like what's your revenue and then what's your EBITDA off that revenue and how much of that revenue is profit. Um, we probably run a far, far lower EBITDA or lower percentage of revenue that's profit than the majority of roofing companies do. But um, I think, you know, I, I guess my, my personal opinion is, um, hey, I think you have to pick one or the other. I think you have to pick um, significant profitability or significant growth. I think that significant profitability can come after significant growth. I think it's difficult for them to come together. Um, and that's kind of the, the route and the path we've really taken. And for me, I like to say this and, and I mean it. Um, I don't get excited about making money. I get excited about growth. Uh, so it gets me excited. It's what wakes me up every morning. Um, as long as I can put food, clothing, shelter, uh, provide that for my family. And uh, I know they're taken care of. Then from there, the, the thing that's exciting about what we do is, is really the, um, the, the, the growth initiatives and, and um, watching you know, what we can do from year to year and constantly setting the bar higher. That's, that's awesome, man. I love to hear that because that's true. It, it is hard to be extremely profitable, but at the same time, focusing on growth. For, in my business, I'm experiencing that right now. Uh, what are what is a challenge that you that you're having your business? Like, what's a challenge that you're facing, or there's a hole that needs to be filled? Everybody, every business has one. I think the biggest challenge is also the biggest opportunity. I think it's working with people. Um, I think that um, I think that if I look back um, and I look at if I look at every challenge we have, it typically has to do with sending the wrong person to a, to start a new location. So like, if I think of Denver, Colorado, which is our first um, secondary, that was our first location we launched beyond Dallas. Um, I think looking at that and realizing, Hey, the individual we sent was high capacity, but we wasn't quite um, ready for uh, the opportunity Um of running a location and being the GM of a location uh, at that time. And this sounds crazy, but he had only actually sold roofs for about three months before we sent him there. He did very well, but um, he had been in the roofing industry for a while, but it only sold roofs for about three months. And then he's going there trying to build a sales team. Um, and I think, um, you know, recognizing that. So there was him and then we had another person in leadership in Denver and that wasn't the right person. And now we have the right person at our Denver, Colorado location. And um, man, uh, that guy's doing absolutely phenomenal. We're on track for a good year in Colorado, even with no storms. And I think it's less about the location. It's less about uh, how good the storms are. I think all that, yeah, helps, right? But I think the biggest, uh, most, uh, the, the biggest variable on is that location successful or is it not, is did you pick the right person? You know, and I think that if you pick the wrong person, you can go in the middle of an ocean and you're going to have a hard time. Um, you're gonna have a hard time floating. And I think that if you pick the uh, right person, um, 
you can go into a desert and you can make an ocean out of a desert. You know, um, I, I think that I would say the biggest challenges would have to do with working with people. And a lot of times you take chances on people and you never know exactly how it's going to go. But um, I would say the biggest challenge is also the biggest opportunity as well. I think it goes hand in hand. I love that. I love that. What would you say you're doing as a leader in your organization to contribute? Because as you know, when we make it to the top, it's easy to just coast. And and I that's why I wanted to have this call with you because I see you as somebody who's crushing it in your realm. What are you doing as a leader to help your team grow? Yeah, and absolutely. Well, I, I think I think one of the most important things as a leader is um, I think you always have to set the standard. And I think that if you ever do start coasting, I've seen this multiple times where a company grows really large and then they start coasting, uh, the leader starts coasting. And I think that um, you have certain, I think your highest capacity people are very, very hard workers. Um, but I think they also know that they have the ability to do it on their own and they wouldn't necessarily have to do it with you, right? You weren't their route to freedom or you weren't their route to business success, um, but they were a part of it, right? And I think that um, if you ever get to a position where you're asking all of your managers to work harder than you, um, I think that it's hard for people to really, really, really grind for someone that they feel like is less engaged, right? And I feel like you can get that for a year or a few years. But I think that to consistently um, have people that will grind and they'll work and they'll give everything and they'll lay everything they have um, to really be a part of the growth of an organization, I think it looks like um, being able to follow someone that they know is always going to outwork them. Um, so for me, I, I like working. I, I would have more of a tendency to be a workaholic. Um, I have to make a very hard line on um, how much time I give to my family and how much time I give to work because family does come first. Um, but I would say what that looks like um, is uh, one thing we do as a model is every location we have, we do a training program every other month, right? And it looks like one month we're not doing a training program and we're recruiting guys for the next training program. And then the next month that training program starts and we'll usually have six to 10 uh, new sales reps go through that training program. It's four weeks long, about half of it's classroom time. The other half is on the field, knocking doors, getting on roofs, closing deals. Um, and for me, I want to show up to every training program and teach at least once in it. That's Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, Houston, Tyler, Denver, every single location. I want to show up once. I want them to, hey, have an idea to get to know who the owner is and what the vision is and what the dream is, what the opportunity is. I want to take some time to build some relationships with some of the new guys. Um, and then I want to spend some time with some of the managers in that location while I'm there. I want to, you know, spend some time with the GM and the sales manager and, you know, and the quality control manager, kind of see how everything's going. What can we do that can improve? What can we do to get better? What can we do to change? Um, I would say that's a big piece of it. Then I would say another piece is um, the last three years, we've really made a big push into commercial and I've probably spent, um, I would say over the last three years, probably over half of my time has gone to really, really building our commercial division and investing rather than in a large team, a few people um, that are really, really good and have been trained to sell commercial roofs and are a big piece of our uh, commercial growth. Like right now we have a uh, um, two and a half million dollar uh, insurance claim uh, project going on in Keller, Texas from the storm that happened in Keller. 
um, that was like a dream three years ago. If we could ever land a job like that, man, that would be so exciting. And uh, about a year ago, we had a sales rep to close the deal. And then we started the construction process about three months ago after negotiating with the insurance company. I guess I shouldn't say negotiating. After finalizing the uh, um, scope of work, uh, <laughs> right? right. I, uh, just in case any PAs or insurance companies are listening. Yeah. <laughs> with the insurance yeah, of course. Carrier. Of course. And uh, um, that's going on right now. We have uh, another project that's like a $350,000 project. Um, it's going on right now. That is a, that was initially an insurance claim. Um, uh, there's another one that is a several hundred. So anyway, saying that to say that where we're at right now with commercial was something that was literally a pipe dream three years ago, but now we have like, I want to say seven different sales reps that are, um, they know the commercial roof systems. They know how to find hail damage. They know, um, what to look for. They know how to build the systems. They know what to charge. They know how to talk to lingo, but it took them, it took us a long time to get through that process. But now we're at a point where um, I feel like we're finally um, hitting some of the goals we have. And now it's exciting. It's like, Hey, what's, what's the next step. But I would say those two things, primarily, I would say visiting each branch, uh, each location we have really um, uh, spending time in the training program, teaching in the training program, maybe spending some time on the field with the team, uh, talking to the managers and then a lot of time has gone really, really built out, build out what we've been able to do on the commercial side and that transition from residential into commercial. That's incredible. Regarding your commercial, what for somebody who hasn't fully got into commercial yet, what leaders or mentors or programs uh, did you get that helped you get to where you're at in, in commercial? Yeah, um, I would say there were two different individuals that we brought on that uh, we invested pretty heavily into from a compensation standpoint that had um, a lot of commercial experience. Um, both of them were very experienced on the sales side. Um, one was very experienced on the retail side of selling commercial, working with invest, you know, commercial real estate investors and multifamily investors. Uh, and the other one was very experienced on the insurance claims side of commercial. And I think that, uh, you know, I, I, um, I think it's very, very difficult to figure it out by watching YouTube videos. Um, I'm not saying you couldn't, but I think it's about as close to impossible as anything could be. I think you have to have someone that's done it before that knows it. But typically when someone is that good at selling commercial projects, you're not going to pay them a base of 50000 or even $100,000 a year. You're going to pay them really, really big money to teach you everything they know. And they're going to have to have a bonus structure where they're going to make more with you than they were at the company or the um, organization they were a part of prior. And I think it looks like a very heavy front end investment. And I guess full transparency over the last three years, um, before commercial took off, we invested over a million dollars into trying to figure out this commercial thing. And it, you know, I think everything's different, but for us, you know, it wasn't a, Hey, let's try this and see if it works. It was, no, we're going to grab the bull by the horns and we're not going to let go. And I don't care how much it costs or what it takes to figure it out. If other people can do it, then we can do it. But we're not going to count dollars and cents. We're trying to figure it out. We're just going to do it. We're going to give it everything we have. And eventually we know it's going to work. And I can say it costs a lot more money. It took a lot more time to take off than I thought it would. Um, but I think a big piece of it was um, bringing two very, very well compensated people onto our team that really, really knew it. Um, and they didn't just know the system part of it. I think knowing the system's important, but you have to know how to sell it. You have to know how to market it. You have to know how to land the deals. You have to know how to talk the lingo and how to um, close deals at those board meetings or when the opportunity presents itself. And I would say that was a very 
that was a big part of it. And it wasn't cheap. It was expensive, but it was absolutely worth it looking back. Risk is the down payment of success. There you go. I love it. And last few questions. What are some creative ways that you're generating business? Not just knocking doors, but something creative that your company's doing. Yeah, so I would say uh, on the residential side, it's fairly conventional. Um, it's door knocking and telemarketing leads, right? That's the primary way we do it. And I would say it works for us. And we've tried a number of different marketing methods. I think in a saturated market, um, it's very difficult to, to do SEO or pay-per-click or Facebook ads and have uh, a lot of success, at least, you know, to get enough leads to feed a team of 50 sales guys. Um, like our team in Dallas, the team of about 50, team of Austin, Austin is about team of about 50. Those are our two uh, markets with where we have the, the most dominating presence in. Um, but I would say, uh, so I would say that's fairly conventional. It's worked for us. I would say the most um, creative way would probably be more on the commercial side. Um, we've had a lot of success by sending out mailers. Um, and I don't know if you'd call that extremely creative, but it works. You know, we don't get a ton of leads from it. We get enough where um, if we track it, we consistently get enough large deals that it is significantly more profitable than the price we pay. Uh, and for us, um, we target insurance claims. So we don't, we don't target retail with commercial. We do a lot of retail, but we target insurance claims because those are typically more profitable than retail in a saturated market like Dallas, where there's a lot of roofing companies. Um, insurance um, claims are typically the, the more so the, the targeted method. And then if we get retail jobs out of it, we get them because not every roof's damaged. Um, but I would say um, probably the, you know, I would say the a, a primary way we get um, deals and commercials, we send out a um, one page uh, front and back uh, mailer and the address is handwritten. Uh, the return and the turn labels handwritten. Um, it's, you know, very personable. And then it has a picture of the sales rep. It has a little personal letter, it has some reviews on the back where customers have you know, previous commercial clients have written reviews about that sales rep and uh, basically says what we do, what we can offer, and then says, hey, call us for a free roof inspection. And if we send 2,000 of those out and we send them three times to the same property owners, we'll probably get, uh, we'll probably get like eight phone calls for inspections. And if we do that enough, we'll close enough big deals where it makes sense. Um, so I would say that's probably a, a more creative way. Man, that's that's great content right there. And I know you're out on your boat. You're kind of on a personal growth fun day. So I want to keep this short. We can do round yeah, two please. in the future. I do want to know if somebody's looking in Dallas or Tyler or Austin or San Antonio or even, you know, Colorado or whatever places you have, and they're looking for a leader, a team to join, how can they why should they join you on top of the things you've already mentioned? And how can they reach out to you? First of all, I would say um, in regards to reaching out, um, I would say, hey, they can call my cell phone number. Uh, it, our brochure has it on it um, online. Uh, if they go to the reviews, you'll see it on there as well. Um, I don't have an issue giving it out. My phone, you know, sometimes they get phone calls, but I think, I think that's, the, that's the easiest way. I think that when you think of working for an organization, you're typically not following the name of an organization. You're typically... Um, you're typically following a person and you want to feel like um, it's the type of person that you're not going to look back and regret the time um, that you spent working hard for them. And uh, that being said, my, my phone number is 214-710-5261. That's my cell phone. Um, and then in regards to the why, um, I would say from the beginning in 2016, when we started, 
my goal was always to build the type of roofing company that if I ever was a sales rep or someone that wanted to have an opportunity working for a roofing company and I was trying to figure out the company that I wanted to work for, um, my choice would always be priority roofing. Um, so that's kind of how we framed everything from the commission structure. Um, our commission structure is, um, it is, you know, when you look at the whole setup, the office fee, the, you know, profit split, um, it's significantly better than what you see industry standard. Um, when you look at the manager's um, compensation and what their bonus structure looks like, um, hey, we have um, managers that are doing well that make consistently over $500,000 a year running the locations they run. Um, and operating off of the profits and bonuses of those locations. Um, when it looks like um, pay for a sales manager or a team leader, anything in that regard, the goal has always um, been uh, for me to say, if I was in that position, I was looking for a company to work with. Um, and I never had started Priority Roofing. What company would I want to work for? And uh, I feel like I can genuinely answer that question and say Priority Roofing. And I was never in a position where I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was in a position where I chose to start Priority Roofing because the companies I was a part of pre previously um, never really had room for a higher capacity position than just selling roofs. And I wanted to have the opportunity to grow. What would it look like if I was in a leadership position or if I could start a location somewhere? And there was that never that opportunity at the companies I was a part of prior. And I want to make sure that that opportunity is always there for anyone that's a part of Priority Roofing. Wow. You heard it right here, guys, on Real Construction Owners. We learned a ton of good information. Will, I want you to have an awesome day on Lake Lake Travis, or where are you at? That's it, Lake Travis. <laughs> and until next time, I appreciate this, bro. Uh, thanks for hopping on today, man. Awesome. Thanks, Justin. Peace.